Thanks for coming, George. Uh, this is the first episode that we're doing here. Um, Brian and I are starting the, the podcast series, Lounging in Lancaster. Um, Super excited about that. Yeah, and for the listeners, this is George um, from Aura Espresso Room, downtown uh, Lancaster. Um, wanted to bring you in today to kind of talk about a little bit of coffee, a little bit of culture, just kind of what the downtown scene's like. Um, you know, being a businessman, I think it's important for people to know who you are, not just what you do. I agree. Um, I agree. Definitely. Uh, before I begin, I want to thank you guys for having me. Uh, my first time here. I love your space. You showed me around earlier and the things you guys do here are phenomenal. I want to say that. And I'm sure you're going to do, we're going to do a great job with the podcast as well. Um, thank you. Yeah, I mean... You know, I'm business. super excited for you to be oh, here. Oh, thank you, man. You know what I mean, especially like being, being a friend and somebody that I'm familiar with, so it feels it feels good to be around that kind of energy and, and, and positive people that still have like the same vision and, and and aspire to just kind of like open up and, and speak about certain topics. Well, and that's what we really wanted to start here um, was more of like the appreciation of kind of culture, um, and I kind of get that from the clothing side of things, um, but I mean that translates into lifestyle. That, style like the whole like we kind of talked about that matrix with music with food with clothing like and it's something that, that continuously evolves as well you know mm-hmm. what i mean so staying on top of those things especially like you know business both of you you know having the businesses that you have that's constantly evolving as well you know what i mean the culture of you know of coffee and how to evolve and, and and just you know accommodate to the public the same thing with you as well and you know things are always changing with styles and, and different suits and and cuts and patterns and whatnot. So mm-hmm. it's very it's very interesting to have yeah. to stay on top of those types of things. And sometimes with with things that we cannot control, like what's happening now, you know, with the pandemic and stuff. You know, I can <laughs> understand that all of our businesses have to evolve and change because of that. You know, change the methods we do business and you know. So yeah, yeah. You gearing up for pumpkin season? Well, man, oh my god, I I don't know that I've tried anything (laughs) pumpkin from Aura, I'm kind of excited about this, so I'm like, I'm interested. First of all, you're missing out, it's like the best (laughs) that you've ever had, the reason is because we make it from scratch, Uh, we, we use real pumpkin, all the spices, like it takes a whole process to make a latte, and um, yeah, uh, Back to your question, I was reading this article today saying that uh, uh, the big chain companies, coffee companies, are going to bring the pumpkin latte in earlier this year because people, with what's happening, you know, they're home, they're they're, they're unhappy, so they want to just do something to bring the excitement up. So they're going to bring it earlier. So kickstart cool. fall, right? Yeah, right like away. a couple like, months earlier. Right you know, I want leaves to you know fall. I want to like yeah. And then, I mean, I'm excited for it, but I'm not in a rush. I just found out this year, I think, I don't think I'm a summer person. It's, it's been hot not, this year. So yeah, I'm, not, I'm not so sure I'm no, a summer person. It has been really hot. I, I realized that I'm not a quarantine summer person. When you can't, when you can't travel yeah, if you're not at the beach. and go places. and <laughs> No, I tried to go to the beach. Right. It was yeah. one of the most uncomfortable experiences. Only because, I'm not going to say which beach, because I don't want to take away from anybody else's experience. It's my personal experience. But having to wear a mask on boardwalks, you know, the uncomfortability of having to go into certain restaurants with certain procedures. And I get it. And I appreciate that those restaurants were open, but it was, 
I honestly yeah. felt like I should have just stayed where I was because on top of everything, it was extremely hot. I think I went yeah. during the one week that it was pretty much a heat wave. Well, and then you can't breathe either. You right. It's cloth yeah, on your it's, face. It's, it's it's like, it makes it even worse. No matter who the marketer is, there's no such thing as like a, a cool air mesh mask. Mm -hmm. And if there was, it's not doing you any maybe good. Maybe, 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 <laughs> you know, maybe, you're letting all that air come in. You're not stopping anything. <laughs> Exactly. So it's like you just get this hotness just right in your face. Yeah. True. Right. But I don't know. I'm excited for fall. I'm excited for yeah. like the, the seasons to change. Um, you know, especially for a sartorial guy. Like wearing suits becomes a lot easier, a little nicer. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because then you can throw the overcoats on top as well. Yeah. Layered up. Scarves. Yeah. All that. Well, hey, we brought you on because we wanted to talk about coffee. Um, the cup of coffee that we have here is from Fat Cow. Um, Kind of the genesis of why I started this podcast is a friend of mine um, from high school bought out chicken coops with his dad and started roasting his own coffee beans. Um, being that like you're an expert kind of in the coffee industry and the food and beverage industry, would love to get your thoughts on like his cup of coffee. I mean, we're all three of us are drinking it right. straight here. I think it's got tremendous flavor. You know, I'm a big fan of it. I'm just gonna say, uh, hearing your story, his story. First of all, congratulations for his courage, you know, to jump on something like that and convert this into a business. Uh, now, as far as the coffee, uh, I think it tastes great. Yeah, I'll be honest. There's a lot of body into it. I'm having my, mine black and it's just so smooth. Like, I'm actually enjoying it. Yeah, I, I was thrilled when I uh, grabbed a couple bags over quarantine, you know, because that was like the first thing that I did, like... As soon as quarantine hit, it's like, I immediately was like, oh no, what is this going to do to my business? Like, So then I'm like thinking about everybody else that I know and like what their businesses were. So right. I was like immediately like, all right, these people are going to be in trouble. Let me buy some so of this. Try to support. Me, so you try to support. Like, I did you the know, same just thing. just like really was... rallied to try to. It's a very selfless thing to do. Yeah. And then, you know, I was just so pleasantly surprised when I got the bag and I was like, man, this is tasty. Yeah. It's really good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but kind of touching on your expertise. I mean, you come from Greece. What's kind of your background in the industry? Oh, my God. So I have a degree in hospitality management, and I worked for many years for five-star hotels, um, high-end five-star restaurants, and coffee shops on my free time because I just love being around people. I love working, creating. So that's, that's pretty much it. Do you have a favorite uh, coffee drink? Coffee drink. Yeah. My favorite coffee drink is Ice Blender Espresso. Mm. It's like best thing ever. Uh, only a couple ice cubes because you don't want to make your coffee into a smoothie. You just want to chill and get that. The espresso is hot, so you just want to break that. Just a couple ice cubes, blend it for six seconds. If you do it more, it creates a foam and you cannot drink it. So it's like some small steps. Ah, okay. Put it over ice. And man, it's like the best thing ever. Do not let me get a regular coffee the next time I go in. Okay. That's, that's a, no, I'm serious. That's okay. what I'm getting. Because the I way he it. just described it even, because <laughs> it's always like the same music. Like, you're just going to have the yeah. same, like, you know, this and I'm not going to say what I get because I don't want to get judged by anybody. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm excited for that. I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad you say that because when I first opened my business, you know, I had this vision of bringing all the European drinks here and how, you know, oh, yes. greater is going to be, Americans are going to love it. As soon as I started describing... They're like, oh, okay, I'm just going to have a house coffee. You're just, you know, <laughs> yeah. some people that are like open and, yeah. you know, and it's okay. You got to be they, open. They, they, Why do you think you know, Americans are that way? Why do you think uh, we don't like 
because the coffee's better over there. I mean, I've traveled to Europe plenty of times, and it's right. It's, it's, no, different. It is. No, it's way right. different. Right. <laughs> you know what? I don't think it has to do with obviously where you come from, like Americans versus Europeans. I think it mostly has to do with the way you enjoy it. Like what I found out here is that the coffee is mostly what you drink to wake you up in the morning so you can get you know to your work and be more productive. What in Greece, it's like a lifestyle. Going for the coffee, it's like going out for dinner. It's an experience. It's an experience. Yeah. Yeah. In Sweden, they call it fika. Yes. Like fika is like a thing. It's yes, like yes, a, yes, yes, I did, like I, hang I out, did hear you know? that. But I forgot about that, so I'm glad yeah. you brought that up. So that's that's pretty much it. Like you would call your friends and be like, hey guys, do you want to go for the coffee? You usually dress up. You go there. You sit. You chat. You socialize. You you just take your time rather yeah. than do it fast and quick. So It's kind of like a happy hour. Yes, yes, yeah. exactly. So that that's the biggest difference. Then as far as like the actual coffee... I think the American market has nothing to be, to, it's pretty competitive compared to Europe. Okay. In terms of taste and and whatnot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Definitely. I think a lot of it is just like what they're used to. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Mm -hmm. Like what they're accustomed to. You try to bring something different that a lot of people aren't really used to doing and try to instill that into a mind that's already programmed to think a certain type of way. Yes. It kind of you're you're not really open to that because it's like why would I change it if I've been if I grab it in the morning on my way to work and I like it and it's easy and it's convenient but like if you could turn it into an experience like that why why you know it'll be another reason to get together with friends without having to like you know get boozy or wild Mm -hmm. not necessarily I'm not really hungry so I don't really want to go to dinner how about we just all get together have a coffee and try a different approach of like a happy hour per se. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? More, more of a, uh, just it's a cultural thing. Yeah, I, I ponder that often. You know, it's it's so interesting how how different the two cultures are. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like the the macaroons, the the small plates, things like that. Like Americans ain't down with that. <laughs> no. yeah. Small plates. Is a small small plates, plates is, like, is something you yeah. start with before the big plate. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. that's what you what you just said. It's so funny. I remember when when I first came here. You know, I I didn't know a lot, so I found a, a diner, and I assumed they served food there. I went in. By the way, we don't have diners in Greece, and uh, everything was so different. Long story short, sit down, and as you were saying earlier, you want to go for the safe options, right. and I saw a Greek salad on the menu. Like, okay, I'm gonna go with that, <laughs> and. In Greece, when you order a Greek salad, there's usually four ingredients on it, okay? No more than that. They brought me a salad, which was, like, literally as big as the table. That had, like, <laughs> everything you can name of that, you know, might be originated in the Mediterranean was on the salad. In but, chapter four of the menu. <laughs> yeah, right? Chap- chapter four. Oh, yeah. No, but, it, hey. It Diner was, menus was, are something else. Oh, they are. <laughs> They're something else. You got everything on there. Yeah. From seafood. Or weapons. Or <laughs> partitions. <laughs> or shields. They're, they're easy reading. You know what yeah. I mean? It's, it's, yeah. yeah. So kind of tell us a little bit. When did you come over from Greece? And then how did Aura get started? Okay. So I moved here four years ago. Uh, straight from Greece. I just wanted a better future for myself. I 
reached pretty much a high level in Greece and I wanted to see what else is out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and having the American citizenship obviously helped a lot. Um, I had no friends, no connections. I booked a one-way flight to New York City because that was my dream. You know, a big city like that, being able to make it there, it was like insane. And then uh, stayed there for as long as my money lasted and I would apply I would just email every five-star hotel in the city. Uh, more than six, seven hundred emails, and then at some point I would go and start uh, introducing myself in person, trying to get a job. Um, some point I ran out of money, and I moved to some relatives that I had in the area, and um, that's when. We went to the Hershey Hotel. I don't know if you guys are familiar. Mm-hmm. Not yeah, too far yeah. from yeah, here. It's beautiful. I started talking with a server there. They introduced me to the F&B. And that's where, how I got my first job in the States and in PA. Okay. Yeah. And what did that entail? Up at Her- Was that at Hershey? It was at the Hershey Hotel. And I was managing the circular dining room. It was like one of the most historic restaurants in this area. Uh, actually, they have uh, uh, served presidents of the, the United States, uh, obviously Milton Hershey yeah, himself. That's pretty prestigious. I've never been there, there, but I've heard really, really good there, things. With should. the amount of experience yeah. that he has, I mean, it would make sense, you know, with, with, like you said earlier, working with a lot of, you know, hotels and, and places of hospitality and him having, like, so many years of experience. I mean, it, it was, I'm sure that that position was deserving. It was deserving, but man, when when I got that job, I realized I I, I knew nothing because like <laughs> the way they they do it here and the training is completely different to what I was used to back home. One great example is that working in such a great establishment, you know, there are rules about everything, there are regulations on how you do things and how you talk to people, how you approach people. Like, it was a whole new world for Inspections, me. OSHA, like regulations, oh, yeah. all uh, sorts of different yeah. types of so things. So Europe doesn't have the regulations on business the way that we do? Not the... Or they is it do, just kind of different? They do, and I'm sure he, he's going to be able to elaborate a little better. Um, they do, but not to that extreme. Yes. They're, they're, okay. It's two totally different styles. You know what I mean? You don't have inspectors yeah. coming in, you know, every, like, once a month or whatever. There's There are regulations because... You know, you have to be able to run a business, you know, with certain standards, with, with certain standards. Right. Do you know what I mean? But it's not in every place. It's going to be different, even from state to state. You know yeah. what I mean? PA sets its own laws. New York might set its own laws. But imagine like Europe, you know, board. yeah, liquor control yeah. board. Yeah. And yeah. And just one example, for example, in Europe, the age limit is uh 18 the drinking limit mm-hmm. sorry is at at 18 and it's mm-hmm. not as strict like if someone who is younger accidentally has a drink it's it's not a big deal like, you know? okay, like, yeah. i'm just I'm just telling you one example versus well, here happens. that's a big deal oh yeah i oh, yeah, was... you get jailed and <laughs> a hefty fine if you yeah. <laughs> if you serve a minor <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so hey it, it took me a while mm-hmm. uh but uh it was well it was it was a great experience yeah well and how did you parlay that into Aura? Because now you have your spot downtown. Yes. You know, so what was the transition like from there into Aura? Uh, after after I gained all that knowledge from that place, I felt strong need to do something that's my own. 
because as I said earlier, I, I, I like to test my limits and see, you know, how further I can get. And um, I wanted to open a restaurant. That didn't happen. And I came across with this tiny space downtown, which from what I was told, nobody could make it happen. And even that saying to me was like a challenge. I'm like, <laughs> I need to find something Mm-hmm. Since it's you that know, drive, yeah, yeah, that drive. Like, I'm like, this is, this is insane. It's a great location, main streets, uh, low over overhead. All the costs are so low because it's tiny. We can fit something out. And right. then, the, a friend of mine gave me the idea because I used to work at coffee shops, you know, as a as a hobby, to put a tiny little espresso room and just you know promote my culture, mm-hmm. my lifestyle, and if I can make a business out of it, I would be extremely happy. And fast forward to today, I'm like extremely, extremely happy that I yeah. did. Well, it's perfect location. You've got all the foot traffic that comes right through there. Yeah. You know, it's like... With everything changing the way that it does, you know, moving in the right direction, you know, things expanding, investors, you know, finding, you know, opportunities to make this, you know, the area greater than what it already is. Do you know what I mean? And... and, and downtown blowing up as much as it is i mean you're only gonna roll with it mm-hmm. yeah you know mm-hmm. well and what you were saying about the square footage it's like it's a no-brainer it's like duh an espresso room would work perfect right there that's about the only thing that could work in there um you know so it's that leap of faith you know what was that kind of like what, what was there any hurdles that you had to jump through when you were starting it? Oh, yeah, plenty. Because, uh, like, studying studying a business, for someone who might be watching now, they'll be like, oh, yeah, I mean, it's easy to say, but I don't have the money. So, for me, that was the biggest issue because I, I didn't have the money. I just came from a different country. And, you know, the cost of living here is not easy. So, I had to do, like, jobs that I wouldn't usually do and mm-hmm. save and, you know, do some personal work like I had to learn how to install flooring and how to do stuff that I've never done before so I can make my dream a reality that's amazing that story is you know it's inspirational because there's so many people that kind of like wallow and look for that perfect opportunity or like or they wait for that opportunity they don't look for it they're waiting and they're like all right well when when this happens to me this there though unless you go out and look for it you gotta force you have to create that opportunity for yourself yeah you know what i mean complacency comfort zones are nice and there's you know there's some ordinary people out there that are wonderful and that's okay if that's the life that they want to live but if you want certain things for yourself and you go out and create those opportunities for yourself, the reward is so much greater. Mm-hmm. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Well, we spoke about this last night when we talked. It's there's a, you know, I'm really big right now on like finding your purpose for almost existence. And there's a direct correlation to like the responsibility that you take on yourself, you know, and that feeling of like self-fulfillment, you know, like I have it here. You obviously have it in, in your being, but like, that's kind of like, you know, what they say, the American dream. It's like you moved here four years ago. Now you're on your own two feet in a completely different country, you know, able to share your culture. And like, that's it, you know, like that's exactly what we're founded on. And I, and it's so beautiful. And like, I hope we don't lose sight of that because yeah. it's like, that's it. You know, it's like being able to come here, have an idea and implement it. 
Yeah. And um, adapt as well. Adapting is a very... But it's not like it's easy. No. You know? It's like... No, not at all. You wouldn't c- characterize those last four years as easy, would no, you? It's not It's not easy, but I mean, it, it's life. Life, sometimes it's not easy and you just have to do what you have to do. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, yeah. have, have faith, persistent, open-minded, I would say, adaptable. Like, you need to work on yourself too. Like, how you want per- to make... Personal growth is important. Yes. Personal growth is, is very important, especially with the opportunities that you're trying to create for yourself. Because you have to like mentally shift. Yes. Yeah. And adjust to the next steps. Because a lot of people look at the brick and mortar and they want to make that perfect. They want to make that appealing, the marketing, the pictures. But sometimes you you have to work on you. You have to invest in yourself, like your ideas, your vision, thinking outside of the box. You know what I mean? Um, building your network, your connections. So I think that's really important too. Yeah, yeah that's a beautiful way to say that because I think that gets, um, you know, in a world that's super materialistic, we kind of forget about like almost the, the, the human the, connection yeah, and the, you know, the, the connection of it, which is I, essentially why I wanted to have you come in here and I want to have more people in the the Lancaster County area get in here because it's like, you know, we, we can use the technology, you know, for connection, you know, but like it, you got to do it face to face and you got to have that conversation, Great. you know, because if you don't have the conversation and you don't really know the person, online perceptions can get thrown a, a million different ways. Yeah, yep. you know, definitely. Um, so kind of to, to keep talking on a little bit of cultural differences, um, we're going to kind of step into my realm a little bit here. What do you notice about European fashion and American fashion? Hmm. Okay. So, um, I'm not the right person to answer. This is, this is touchy. This is touchy. <laughs> Nobody get I'm getting the end, right? It's, it's all personal <laughs> input. This yes, is my yes. opinion. That's why I didn't say anything about the type of coffee that I order. <laughs> yeah. when I'm Let's talk about what you're wearing first. What, what about this? What, what, is, what is this? You like the suspender look? I, I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. I think you look sharp. Yeah, yeah I really like thank that. You. It looks real sharp. I figured for the first podcast, you know, I got it. Gotta, this is what I do. Yeah, yeah. Gotta step it up. A little it's your bit, business. You know? I love it. I love it. Uh, old school braces. I'm a big fan of like the button on suspenders. Is that what that is? Yeah. So, so you call like you actually, Yeah. So you. That's the difference between braces and suspenders. You know, braces actually have the buttons on them. Right. Um, versus suspenders are just kind of like the clip on ones. Right. Um, so the old school braces, I think, is uh, it's like an ode to like an old 1920s style. Oh, yeah. You know, banker businessman. Yeah, absolutely. Um, which I'm just super big on that type of fashion right now. Um, and it's good to play, pay homage to the older, you know, the older mm-hmm. aspects of like clothing and, and how they did it. Absolutely. So now I have a question for you. How, how does someone find their style? Because there are a lot of people out there. I have a lot of friends who are like, you know what? I like what you're wearing. What I like what I see in the magazines, but I don't know what my style is. Like, how do people determine that? Like, how? Before he says anything, the one thing I'm going to say, do not be afraid to try anything. Wear anything. Be open to it all. Because I have some pretty funky shirts. You've probably seen some of them. I like vintage button downs. Do you know what I mean? It's like, so when people say, you're the only one that could pull this off. I'm like, no, I'm not. Actually, you can too, You can also pull that off. You just have to try it. You just have to like, <laughs> yeah. just do it and yeah. be confident Feel comfortable wearing it and just go with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
as long as you're open to different styles, open to different like patterns, cuts, you know, whatever it is. And that's kind of what it is. I mean, you start to develop your own taste just by paying attention mm-hmm. to what you feel best in. You know, like the more often that you wear something, you'll you'll start to feel different in it. Like you'll know, like when you try something on and you're like, I feel good in this. Like you'll almost like immediately kind of know, <laughs> you know, so that kind of develops like you're you have this like innate source of sense of like, this is this is something what that I look good in. You that's, know, that's great. I've never thought um, about that. You, you kind of have that self-realization. But like you said, you have to try it because yeah. it's like he wears um, like the Mandarin style all the time, which yeah. is like the. Uh, like the crew neck, it's got mm-hmm. no collar. Yeah. And he does those sort of like beachy Cubano style button ups, which are, <laughs> which I, looks I love. Great. Look, looks it looks great, great on them all the time. Yeah. But like, I tried one on the other day and I was like, man, my neck just like, <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it doesn't that's look right happens. in this, you know? But like, <laughs> but that's, that's second guessing yourself also is a, yeah. is a big issue because there's been times I put on shirts and then at first I'm like, oh my God, this is so cool. Like, I'm like, I love it. I feel confident. And then I'm walking to the car, I'm in the parking lot, and I'm like, oh, I don't know, man. You know, I should go back in. But then I'll keep it on, and then just people close to me are like, yo, I love your shirt. And I'm like, all right. Yeah. It was a good decision. Like, okay. It was a good decision. <laughs> Need a little bit of, you yeah, know, just that little. Right, so now, you know, next time Brian buys a new shirt, first thing we say, man, it looks good. <laughs> just, yeah, right. just to go. Force him in. Or mess, or <laughs> mess with me yeah. and be like, yo, I don't oh, like that man. shirt. Because yeah. <laughs> then I'd be like, damn, I know. I'm like, that's how I felt. <laughs> it's good to know. Good to know. Oh, yeah. man. Well, and <laughs> no, that does happen a lot. Um, where it's... Uh, even in the dressing room, like when I put stuff on for grooms, um, you know, that immediate, like, uh, he might feel some sort of way, but then, mm-hmm. you know, the bride or like a mom will be like, well, what about the pants? And it, like, and then immediately now he's spiraling. And he's yep. like, well, now I don't feel right. And it's like one tiny little thing. It was like, all right, well, we're going to fix that. <laughs> like, we're going to be able to taper him a little bit. We'll fix that. Like, you have to be able to bring color. these people together, man. Yeah. There's, you know, you're not fitting one person. You know, because everybody else has to approve. And like you said, it can somebody can get in it. Because if somebody tells me, you know, that, and I feel super confident in the suit or whatever, and then I have a family member saying, Something's eh, not right. I'm not a huge fan of the of the vest. And I'm like, damn, yeah. like, I loved it. Mm-hmm. That happens all the time. Especially yeah. when, um, you know, not to moms. Moms can do oh, that man. real quickly. <laughs> Mother of the brides and then prom moms. Right. I mean, they can get in like, they can get inside inside that kid's head, you know, so fast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, he felt great. It was like, and then for me, it's like, I was like, all right, great. We got all this lined up. We got to sail. We're Dance moms. Going. And the next thing you know, it's like, oh, shoot. One small little comment. Yeah, now yeah, let's yeah. start over. Yep. Square one. That's amazing. Um, but yeah, like finding 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 your styles, like a lot of confidence, like you you know, like we were talking about. But then that's where you come in, also as well, suggestions and then accommodating to certain people's taste and flavors. You know what I mean? I know yeah, that that has to be a little challenging. Movies well. and stuff like that do play a, a good role because mm-hmm. I see people come in all the time that like, you know, they'll come in with their Pinterest board of like, you know, <laughs> Ben Affleck and like a suit, and you're like. All right, well, hey, that's a three and a half thousand dollar Tom Ford. Right. <laughs> Let's uh, all Let's right. See what that's I your do. style. We can do certain things to you know make that work. Um, you know, but that's that's where a lot of the influence comes from in terms of style. It's you see what other people are wearing, then you try to put it on yourself, and you develop you know what you think looks best. 
Yeah. And then you need to be confident, right? Or is that just me? Like sometimes you just have to, if you like it, then you just have to work on it. Be like, you know what? I, I like it. I look good. I, I should be confident. And then I feel like that, that helps because people, when you when they see you working conf- working confidently, they just buy it. Like, hmm, he looks good, you know? I yeah. just mm-hmm. believe in the energy that you, you the vibe that you give sometimes. Yeah. Well, but, like, but like he said, though, I mean, like, I know I have my opinion about it, like culturally. Yeah. Right. Especially like the area you're from, you know, Greece being a very beautiful country, having so much, you know, from the cuisine to the drinks to the clothing. Do you, what, what, what do you notice like difference wise? Like are the cuts different? Um, color schemes. I mean, is, are there certain things that stand out a little more that's okay. more appealing I you know, to the culture say, there as opposed to here? Like, what differences do you do you see that stand out to you? Okay. So, I'm, I'm going to start by saying that my, my experience, what, I, what I'm going to say is based on what I see in this part of the States because I didn't have the chance to, to travel elsewhere. So, I'm just going to talk about, you know, uh, where we live here. The, the, the biggest difference is the cut. Like, I see suits being more airy. I don't want to say baggy, but more, you know, give, give more room. room. Yeah. yeah. Where, where I come from, if it's not like tight, if people cannot see your muscle, oh, it's not good. You know, it's like <laughs> right. that, that kind of feeling, which right. sometimes it's not always a good thing right. because not, you know, different body types and stuff. Not everybody should be wearing really form fitting. Yeah. Well, America is different just on the basis of our food. I mean, it's uh That's mediterranean mediterranean cuisine is very lean mm-hmm. so by nature most people are a little skinnier and a little straighter right. whereas like the american sack suit it's like we've got to fit a little bit different of a <laughs> you yeah, know yeah, build course, for the course. masses they, of our people right. mm-hmm. um but you know you're exactly right there because uh like in italy they'll teach you that like the jacket right now should just barely button and mm-hmm. you rarely will button it but like they want it so tight mm-hmm. that it like almost barely buttons which is like go it flies in the face of everything that my dad taught me because what that happens is you have that pool right here um so a lot of uh the generational style it's like the younger kids want that like they want that pool because it's tight and it's fitting and you see their muscles and their chest comes out a little right even sommeliers i was watching a blogging video um actually earlier today and a lot of the sommeliers you know, they present wine to the tables, you know, in a lot of like bistros in Italy, they'll come up to the table with their jacket buttoned mm-hmm. and it's like pulling, but they're also like very stiff with like how they're presenting the wine and whatnot. But it's a very, it's a very natural thing. Yeah. 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 Well, and that flies in the face of everything that my dad taught. And that's why what I was saying before with the generational thing, it's like the guy may absolutely love it. And then that's where the mom's like, well, that's pulling or. That doesn't look quite right. Right. You know, and it's, uh, there's two different sides of style. So it's like, it's really, there's no right answer anymore. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, all right, well, <laughs> if you like it tight, this is, you know, the drawbacks of it being tight. You're going to have a little bit of shoulder issues. Right. If you like it loose, this is what you're going to have. You're going to have a little bit looser. You're going to have a little bit fuller of a body. It's not going to be quite as form fitting. Um, that's what I kind of love about the custom side is that it's like really up to the person where it's like, yeah. Well, what do you want? And, and, and it's special, right? On a, on a special occasion, you want to wear something special that you will hug your body the way you want, and it's going to be you. It's going to have your personality. 
That's that's yeah, what those I measurements like about. are yours. Mm, right. Those measurements are for you. That's what makes the beauty of having a custom suit so special because it's made exactly for you. And if you want it that way, to where it's pulling a little bit, then you just tell them. Do you yep. know what I mean? If some people don't want it a certain way, then of course having that communication and just it's all it's all preference, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's all circumstantial. Yeah. I mean and consumer preferences, you know. So broad. So broad now, you know, and that's what's kind of, it's almost forced me to pivot my dad's company out of rental and kind of into retail because from any given person, it's like one person wants it super tight, the next person wants it loose, and you know, you don't really have, you know, and, and here, especially in Lancaster, because of, you know, we do have a good mixture of of culture here we do have a good mixture a of seasons here mm-hmm. versus like if you're just in you know a mediterranean city right. you're probably mm-hmm. going to see clientele that are fit just for yeah. that season yep. right. you know whereas like we've got so many different people that like yeah you gotta you have, have to a little bit of everything accommodate um, which is what's really interesting about suits in general is like uh when you look at the construction from like an english suit to an italian suit um, the English suits get their their tailoring background from the military, right? So they have a much more pronounced shoulder. You also have to look at the climate, and the climate is, um, you know, weathered. It's rainy, so they're going to have a stiffer fabric. They're going to have a, a more, you know, military-styled kind of broader, straighter shoulder um, to the way that it's it's brought about versus when you go to Greece and Italy and the Mediterranean side, it's a little bit more um, like tight, it's playful, it's airy, you've got the gorgeous you know, beaches, you've got all that. So they want their suits to have a rolled shoulder. They're going to have a much more thinner fabric. It's going to be much lighter. It's going gonna, it's gonna to roll. Right. You know, it's going to be form-fitting. It's going to be tight. It's going to have flair. And that's just geographic area, too. And that even, really plays in. Even the the color and the patterns and the different styles, right? Doesn't mm-hmm. that like change from different areas and countries? One hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's just that's just culture. I mean, if you take something that's like uh, you know, uh, I, I go back to England and Italy. The climates are so different. Like what's dreary and like kind of cold and damp and wet. Well, obviously you're going to get like a darker gray, some browns, right. things like that. Versus you take something blue skies and greens. Well, now you're going to get into like your pinks, your salmons, your light blues. Yep. God, you know, you're a little bit more expressionistic colors, <laughs> <laughs> which is great. Which was funny because I was showing you fabrics earlier, and like the as soon as That's I came across thing, the yeah, first thing, yeah, like that, was, like that split one. up. Yeah, because <laughs> you didn't see that a lot around here, just because of what you said. You know, mm-hmm. but isn't that isn't that beautiful? Because I know my experience when I was able to like pick a suit. I like I pick every single aspect of the suit. Of course, he helped me with you know his consultation as well. Like, you know, the fabric, what pattern I wanted on the inside, and it's all like, depending who it is, they open up that book, yeah, and they say, no, this is me, this is me. You know, it's not like they have three or four templates, right? And that's the yeah. beauty of it all. You know, you know. Speaking of, like, it makes you kind of feel like a rock star. Oh yeah, it does. It does. Oh yeah. yeah. Talk, about, talk to us a little bit about, you played professional soccer too. You're a goalie. Yes. 
That was yeah. a long time ago, though. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah it, it feels like... Uh, it looks like he's 25, and it's like right? a long time I, ago. I wish, I wish. Yeah. We can still ride your star power, though, right? If I put you on the ad next to Brian next time. <laughs> as long as I'm in front of... Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> uh, man, yeah, it was a long time ago. I was really young. I, I wasn't ready for that. Uh, everything happened really quick. And I was, man, I was a completely different person. And uh, I I did good for the most part. Uh, I just wasn't there mentally. And yeah, it's just, it didn't work for me. It didn't work. That's the tough course of an athlete, you know, like to make it like yeah. super, super star. Like you got to be locked in. Oh, yeah. You got to be locked in. in. And, anybody, different type of discipline. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know? You need discipline. You need people around you, like your parents, your family, your environment to keep you, you know, kind of sheltered and focused and motivated in what you're doing. I didn't have that. So I was kind of like experiencing. And as you said, I was really young and I had that that fame that I thought I was like pretty much I could do anything I wanted. But then at some point it catches up on you. And then the people who keep working every day and every night on, you know, their craft, they become better. And then you just stay yeah. where you are, you yeah. know, thinking that you're great, but you know, it's, it's life. Uh, what type of doors did that open in the, uh, the cuisine side? Were you able to like enjoy like kind of that, that lifestyle of a professional soccer player um, that leads you kind of into the hospitality side too? Well, that's a great question. So when, when you're a soccer player, like my, one of my coaches said that, Hey, you, when you're out of the field, you need to act like a soccer player. Obviously, you know, treat your people well, behave nicely, eat out and do fancy stuff. Like, you know, mm -hmm. um, build your confidence. So I did have the chance to to try some some great places, but my passion with hospitality started from way back. My father was a is still a famous chef in Greece. Oh, so whenever he would go to work, you know, as a kid, I would just follow him, and awesome. his kitchen was kind of like my playground. So I was now like since I was five. Yeah, that's awesome. It's so, amazing. Yeah. yeah. So what's the best in Lancaster County? Where's yes. your favorite place to eat? Man, that's a tough I mean, question. You, you got yeah. some expertise coming there from, from having a well, father that's a chef. I'm, I'm, I'm lucky to live in this place because you have so many nice restaurants and different. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Every single restaurant in Lancaster County, I feel like it's different. Like you have from Trinidadian to Indian, Greek, Mexican, like you name it, it's there. Um, it would be unfair to, I don't single know, do rate them, yeah. single one out. <laughs> I wouldn't say single one out. Maybe like, let's say, let's say favorite cuisine okay. in the area that, that you've tried and it could be anywhere from here to just like outside of the area as well. Yeah. Like what would, in your opinion, something that you've had yeah. that well, kind of stands out to you? See, I'm, I'm going to go with my personality. I like modern, I like elegant mm -hmm. and um, trendy, Instagram worthy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a big thing right now. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. It's so a big thing. I, I, you I like to say, pick, man. of course, of yeah. course. Before you you start eating, you go for the picture first, yeah, and then yeah. you dive in. Um, and then I also like occasionally some 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 classics. Like I, you know, sometimes you just want to have a good meal that's 
cooked nicely without you know the the weird colors and the flowers on the top just something made with like passion and like authentic recipe and uh yeah what would that be you you want the dish or the restaurant i mean give me the dish give me the dish the the dish um i don't know something something authentic something let's say let's start with that one something authentic something that you would look for that you say people put a lot then that's a good that's that's where i'm trying to so i love moussaka Moussaka. I was gonna say, yeah, it's it's one of my favorite dishes. So that's like my my comfort food. Like when I want something, when, when I don't feel fancy, I want something like that. Like home cooked. You put in the oven, familiar with like nice sauces, a nice glass of wine on the side. Mm-hmm. Just yeah, that's okay. what I enjoy the most. Nice. Do you eat octopus? Oh my God. Octopus. You 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 go for the octopus on a sunny day. Yeah. You just sit somewhere outdoors, have some ooze on the side, and that's how I enjoy my octopus. Oh, yeah. So sure. You put the ice cube in yours, though? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Gotta do it that way. Mm-hmm. It's like black licorice, though. I if like you it. Just, yeah. You just do what you have to do. It's... Um, do you do Rocky? Um, occasionally, yes. I, uh, when we were we celebrating. We loved it when we were in, um, in Crete. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's where it, it originates. And uh, a funny story about Cretans, the people who live in Crete, they, they, they're, they're proud people and they're hospitable, okay? They're like one of the most hospitable people that you'll ever meet on this planet, like if you ever have the chance to go. Mm-hmm. So a lot of business owners, they just sit outside. They, they want their businesses to, to, to do good, but they're talking to people. Not because they want them in, but just because they want to offer them something. Yeah. And they have shots of Raki, which is a little strong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they offer it to tourists when they pass by. And uh, if you don't accept it, they're kind of offended. So they're right. kind of like pushy. <laughs> no, yeah. So, yeah. yeah it's fine because we were in uh, Iraklion, um and we were in this small little, you know, kind of backyard uh, restaurant. And it was a mom and pop shop. Literally, the, the young kids were running all around. She was cooking. He was the server. Right. Um, and my uncle Bob ends up with the the nickname Rocky Bob because <laughs> you know he just kept bringing it out. Yep. And Bob was taking them, man. And then, like, we well, did a couple of rounds on it. Like, yeah, of course. She was I, Rocky, I, Rocky, I, Rocky, I, Rocky Bob. Yeah. No, I can't say no. Yes. Yeah, man, it's no, it was it's great. great. I loved it, and that's where it was like that was some of the best moussaka I had. I mean, and it was like. It was it was so perfect, and we made her come out and take a shot with us because we were like, it was so. There was nothing better than that that's, meal. That's awesome, uh, which was great. Yeah, Rakhine was was really cool. I loved uh, loved traveling through Greece. Mm-hmm. We stayed in uh, in Eos and Athens. Ooh, and we started in Athens and went to Eos. That's did, a nice like place. the day trip to Santorini. Um, yeah, Eos was the party island though. Yeah, you know the young kids. Yeah, and you know out till six in the morning and then oh they do it every summer the, and, the, the and those, seasons in those the islands of my buddies over there party oh gosh. starts at 12 a.m and it goes all the way till six and then you go home have a shower take and a then nap. yeah take a nap and then at 8 a.m you go back to work. find a sunbed oh no i mean they, some of them they, they were going to work yeah yeah they were hustling i was like oh my god the shift and like we gotta well, get back to yeah. this man it's easier for greeks because i don't know if you guys know the 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 shift is different we work for four hours then there's a siesta for four and then you go back to work mm-hmm. so from two to five or six everything shuts down 
people go home, relax, sleep, eat, and then they go back to work for four more hours. So, and I, I think mean, that's a beautiful thing too. That I don't, I don't think Americans take time to do that. You know, we're too fast. We're too fast, man. Sometimes, in order for you to like really reset yourself, it's okay to kind of do something like that, recharge a little bit, step back, detach a little bit, and then reattach. Yeah. You know, fully charged. You know what I mean? Instead of just like wearing yourself into the ground on the go constantly first thing in the morning and then by the time five o'clock does come around you are spent you don't really have time for like self-care you don't really want to make time because it's like you're off of work now you just want to make something to eat and just relax the rest of the night and then do it all over again you know if you kind of break it up a little bit yeah i agree pace i think i think it gives you a little peace of mind as well Mm -hmm. you know resetting is always super important and that kind of like goes back to uh what we were talking about, like self-evaluation as well, you know, self-reflection. Mm-hmm. That kind of helps with that as well. Yeah. Well, it's, I, I'd, I'd hope to have some of that culture get here too, you know? Influence. Like, <laughs> that influence, like, yeah, if we could influence a siesta, I'd be all in. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be all in. You have the setup here. You have the couch. You're ready. You're yeah. just waiting yeah. for the trend to... To follow, right? There you go. And that's actually comfy. I've slept on that a couple times. Yeah. When, uh, when the quarantines hit, we started making masks in here. Um, yeah, I, I don't know that. if I had that conversation with you, George. Um, but it was like the demand was through the roof at the beginning oh, of wow. quarantines. That, you know, we had a thousand orders stack up in about 24 hours. So me and a couple of buddies from college, like we're literally sleeping here, making masks all through the night. You know, Sleep right here on the couch. I saw and the, then I saw the process. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it was like... You guys yeah. were using fabric. We bought some fabric, but then we okay. had some leftover fabric from like different things of yeah, yeah. being in clothing that we were like, all right, well, hey, let's, we got cotton, we got this, let's yeah, sew it up. Shipping them out and everything. It was, it was, it was a pretty amazing process. It was a whole production line of it. Yeah, you came is, in and helped out with some yeah. cutting and whatnot. I mean, we really turned into like a whole factory here. It was <laughs> like, like a production line. <laughs> yeah, making making the best of you can from every situation. Yeah. Just. yeah. What else were we to do? You know, it was like... Yeah, sit around. Order pizza and drink beer, Mark's man. That's what that's what quarantine does, <laughs> <Yeah>. man. <laughs> no, you found you found you found the fire and you kind of rise above it all, man. So yeah. tacos, quarantine nachos, and IPAs weren't really an option for you. No. You know? No, no, no. We were working so, the whole time. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, I don't feel like I really like stopped ever. I think no. there was about one week or two weeks before I decided, like, oh well we'll make masks you know, right. because the demand was there. And like for a while it was like nobody had them because like no one was expecting it. Right. And then the very beginning in like February, they were like, don't wear a mask, you know, don't do this. They were like, this is only for the right. nurses. And Wearing then all of a sudden it was like, stupid. everybody has to wear a mask and you have to wear it now. Yeah. <laughs> so we were like, Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, we'll pop in. We'll make them. <laughs> so how do you, how do you sell them online or just, I did for a little bit. Um, you're not doing them anymore. Not doing them anymore just right. because we're too busy. I mean, you saw how many orders we oh have. Oh, my hanging. God. Oh, um, my God. Yeah. You know, we're too busy now to sit down and, and really do them by request. But we had photos of fabric online, and the people would say, hey, we want two larges of the number two. Mm. We want two, three smalls of the number three. Right. Um, and then, you know, we'll either pick them up in person or we'll pay a Ship fee them. to have gotcha. them shipped. Nice. Um, yeah. Which kind of worked. But, I mean, that was just... I don't think I'll ever forget that. I just had two buddies of mine uh, pop in from Penn State. Um, 
And uh, the very <laughs> first day that Governor Wolf decides to make the mask mandate was like the first day that they get into town. And my friend Kevin. Oh, listen to this. This was yeah. such a crazy and story. And my friend Kevin, and he's. Coincidence, uh, too. I mean, it's just like a blessing in disguise as well. He's a quirky kid. Um, so he runs up to the top of the hill because I told him, I was like, hey, we're running out of elastic. Go see if you can get headband material. Um, so go to Giant, see if they've got anything there. Because Joanne Fabrics was sold out. Right. The other fabric store was out of it. And he comes out of uh, Giant Food and there's a news crew. WJL is doing a story on what it's like shopping with a mask on. Mm-hmm. So, of course, you know, Kevin walks out. He's got his, you know, the mask that we made here. Um, he's got one white glove on, like one hand that's bare. I don't know why. Like he's got one of my tuxedo gloves on, like the Michael Jackson gloves. He's still got one of the Michael Jackson gloves on. He's doing an interview with the news and they're like, Oh, so what were you shopping for? He's like, yeah, we're making masks. My buddy owns a tailoring shop. Um, and the guy immediately pauses the interview and was like, you're making face masks. Like, can we, that's another story. Like, can we come interview you? And he was like, yeah. So he, he walks in and he goes, all right, well, I don't have headband material, but I brought a news crew. No way. And we were like, yeah, that's okay, insane, this man. is kind of yeah. cool. So, <laughs> so now we're on the news. It, yeah. <laughs> Next thing you know, the six o'clock news happens. Uh, we don't have any masks made. We have, we like are making for like a couple friends. We're yeah. like already behind by 60 orders. Next thing you know, the six o'clock news runs our story and the phone blows up for about a week and oh a half yeah. you know we're a thousand orders in the hole we didn't have the fabric we didn't have anything ready we were just like uh okay so now i'm calling in favors stacy jeff my brother my sister yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> getting everybody in here all that i can i'm like all right i need you guys to cut this all right i need you guys doing this Kevin, you're going to learn how to sew. <laughs> this is all your yeah, fault. This is all your fault. <laughs> Cursing him at like that's 2 awesome. in the morning. We're like, Kevin, why did you have to do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. That's, amazing. that's great. That's an amazing story. I love it. Yeah. That was pretty wild. Yeah, Lancaster got crazy over quarantine. But now shifting, I mean, like, what what is it What is it doing individually to your businesses? I mean, you, you I know... From knowing you personally and, and seeing the experiences that you've kind of gone through and the challenges that you face on a day-to-day basis with the business, it'd be nice to talk a little bit and kind of like give a little bit of impact, especially like other business owners as well, facing the challenges that you're facing right now, especially with COVID. I mean, it's such a challenging situation for everyone. As an individual and as a business owner, you know what I mean? Has Have you seen like a lot of challenges in the business that you're in, I mean, I, I know you have, but like, yeah. how does it affect you? And how have you tried to reinvent yourself a little bit or kind of just roll with the punches more or less? Well, if somebody says that they haven't been affected, I think they're, they're, they're lying. Like everybody's lives, everyone, somebody more, somebody else, maybe less has been affected one way or another. Um, our industry, the, the hospitality, I feel like it was hit, it was hit so hard. Nobody expected that. Um, and right before that happened, Lancaster especially, you know, we had new restaurants opening like every every other week. You read the news, new restaurant coming up, new this, new that. And, um, and all of a sudden everything's at a standstill. Yeah, it's at a standstill. Um, as you know, I had to close one of my one of my businesses. We right before COVID, we opened Alexander Coffee Bar, which was inside Telus. Right. 
amazing project with so much potential. Uh, yeah, I love the windows you guys put in there. Yes. I mean, man, that front, opening that up is so cool. Yeah, yeah. and then the plan was that we can have some uh, European bistro tables outside so people can come in, uh, grab a coffee or, you know, watch some soccer inside yeah. Tellus without having to have alcohol, you know, give some other options. And we got amazing feedback and then coronavirus hit. Uh, but as you said, we have to... That's like the one, that's one of so many restaurants and small yeah. bistros yeah. that are going through the same challenges. You know, I, I'm in the food and beverage industry. I've been in the food and beverage industry for over 15 years. On a bigger scale, you know, restaurants are still at 25% capacity, no bar seating, must wear a mask. Like, it can't serve alcohol without food. Can't serve alcohol without it's, food. It's yeah. just absolutely insane. I mean, and it's like, what what is it? What is it really just doing to everybody? You know, and, and it's unfortunate because situations like that are happening all over the United Everyone. States. You know, people that might have had an idea to open up a business one or two weeks prior to this actually making headlines as big as it did. And businesses are just dropping off, mm-hmm. you know, and it's back to square one. So I don't know how it affects your business, but I know front line what, it, what it's doing to the food yeah. industry. And it's not only like the capacity it's just changing the way people are having fun because like going to a restaurant is not only about going there eating and leaving it's about the atmosphere going there socializing talking to the person in the bar and then having friends over you know just Mm -hmm. getting together what coronavirus pandemic is you know is exactly opposite like isolating people so yeah, yeah. From, from a cultural perspective, I think it's it's difficult. And you see a lot of people like individually struggling because, you know, they're used to having like a bigger group kind of people all the time and going out and being social. So that's another challenge as well. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm sorry to hear that with Alexander's. I mean, that, that's a beautiful idea. And like this is the exact season that you want to have that. Yes. You know, yeah. like you want to have that. You know, outdoor, outdoor seating, bistro, seating, you know, get some fans going, get people walking in and out. Like, right. that's the perfect opportunity for it. It is, um, it is. But uh, you just roll with what you have. Like, uh, we decided to close that down, minimize costs a little bit. Uh, unfortunately, we had to let all of our employees go, which was sad. Um, which, like, so many other businesses are doing yeah, as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah. major businesses you know what i mean companies that i'm not going to mention right now because I, I don't know whether or not they want to put their information out there like that but like whole companies are furloughing all of their employees yeah. you know what i mean so i can just imagine what it's doing because you to, can't survive on takeout if you, if, know, you can, you can if, keep the lights on yeah. yeah but like can you how many employees can you keep on takeout yeah. you know, well it's like i'll i'll answer your question if the business was set up as a takeout business, you can thrive because now you don't have to pay a hostess, a busboy, a food runner, uh, four cooks because you know you're only doing takeout and you eliminate those people. You just need a cook and somebody answering the phone. So uh, if your business wasn't set up as a takeout business and you have to adjust, then that's where the tricky part is until we figure that out. You're going to have to lose some money. You're yeah. going to have to burn some money. Because we actually talked about right. that too. Restaurants that aren't made to be takeout restaurants are becoming takeout restaurants. And then it's also 
the other challenges that they're facing is how do I maintain the quality of an amazing dish and turn it into a takeout dish? Because people specifically go to certain places for that specific dish, right? Yeah. What ends up happening? You want that dish really bad, so then you're going to order a takeout, and then when you get home, you're like, what the hell is this? Yeah. And the you're, perfect, a little not, dis, you're a little the, disappointed because half of the the thing was the presentation. Exactly. It was the plating. It was you, like that gnocchi with the glass of wine. And then, you know, like the like sommeliers, you know, I mean, that was the, that's their job. I mean, right. Their job is to to get you to indulge. Well, how do you do that? It's conversation and the explaining of like, well, you eat this dish and you drink this wine and here's the pairing that you have together. And that makes you want to order a second. And now you want dessert because, all right, well, if you explained how good the main course was, well, I can only imagine what dessert's going to be. So like. then you try to recreate that same exact experience at out. home with Franzia. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like nah, this is not milk. And, <laughs> nah, this gnocchi's like yeah. cold, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. And I've seen some uh, pizza places that will like, they'll give you like a little instruction. So they'll be like, hey, like this is cooked 90%. Mm-hmm. And like, here's your finishing. So like, put this on in your oven at this degree. And like, here's your finishing, which is, you know, better, but like, it's still not like the same as the atmosphere, the setting, the the scene yeah, and right. the, the environment that comes with. That's why you pay sometimes $45 for a plate. Yep. Yep. I I agree with everything you said. (laughs) um, But like, that doesn't mean though, that businesses cannot adapt. Like sometimes you just have to make changes. Everything you just said is a valid concern. But as a business owner, your job is to solve problems. The more problems you you solve, the more successful you're going to be. And you mentioned like five, six or seven things that are not working. Okay, just... Our job is to find a solution. How are we right. going to make the food look good by the time it gets there? I don't know. Maybe use different ingredient, or maybe reduce the prices or maybe, you know, cut down half of our space and sublease it. Somebody else have, like it change the takeout yeah, a yeah, box. Yeah. You know, change make the takeout the, box. Make or, the box a little nicer. You know, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> like, or, yeah, like seriously, there's the yeah. endless possibilities. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying there's a pattern there that everybody should follow. But I'm a firm believer that if you think outside of the box, there are always opportunities and like you can always see light at the end of the tunnel when everybody sees darkness. That's right. like pretty much yeah. what I'm what I believe, and I'm saying it now in a period where I lost one business, you know, but I'm, I'm still optimistic. Yeah. yeah. Cheers to uh, that. I mean, that's, that's perfect. I mean, yeah. that's absolutely perfect. Um, well, hey, thanks for coming in. You know, I think that's, that's probably the perfect thing to end on. It's just like the positivity of like, we're going to get through this and problem solve. Absolutely. You know, finding, finding resolutions, adapting to things and coming out of it stronger, you know, emotionally physically spiritually in, in in a business aspect as well so absolutely yeah. i agree yeah well, well thank you thank you so much for having me of course is it time for us to go and tell her a suit now yeah <laughs> i'll get you fitted okay yeah. let's do it <laughs> <laughs>